This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, how are you? Doing well, Sean. Back from the weekend, ready to talk about the things that happened. It wasn't a whole lot, really, that happened. A few things on the football side I want to talk about, but also some basketball portal things, which is like just the universe that we're living in right now, it seems like. Just portal options, all these guys who go into the portal. So plenty to discuss, though, Sean. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. This episode, it's powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub, two locations, Palmville and Williamsburg. And then May 1st, as I've been saying for the last few weeks, third location coming to London, Kentucky. You can visit thebutcherspub.com. Check them out on Facebook for Wing Wednesday, Buffalo Chicken Sandwich, Taco Tuesday, all those specials that they have. Derek, we had a very, very good mailbag episode on Friday that I just want to come back and thank everybody again for submitting questions. And the people that follow up and, you know, thank us for answering questions, you're you're all the people that we should be thanking because you give us the content. But we just wanted to take a moment and say thanks again. We're looking forward to another good week here on Kentucky Daily. But as Derek previewed in the opening, not much has happened on the U.K. basketball front, like not you know, nothing groundbreaking yet. We have some connections. It seems like John Calipari has his hands in everything right now, which I don't really know what to make of, Derek. Yeah. Because there's there's some guys that you could there's some guys I like, and then there's some guys I'm like, I, I don't know. But the one thing I'm taking away from it is it's a mixture of pieces that are so different that even at the same position, like look at the guys they've reached out to on the perimeter, which we'll get into. A lot of them are different. Like some of them can shoot it, some of them are better drivers. I'm really wondering if this is going to be more of a fit to roster type thing instead of just the best available players. Like are they dissecting this and looking and saying, okay, maybe Rocket Watts fits in our program better than he did at Michigan State. That's going to be the challenge, right, of yeah. the portal. Uh, it is. What you get a little bit more evidence just from guys playing against college caliber, but I mean – it's still that kind of same aspect like you have to have in recruiting where you're projecting how things will be. I'm not sure I'm ready to say that they're casting a wide net yet, but with the Rocket Watts stuff, that was interesting to me, mainly because I had heard going back before he was even in the transfer portal, his name, that uh, he was probably Louisville bound. And I don't know where that stands now. now Louisville's taking a few other transfers at guard. Noah Locke just went there. Of course, he's a, he's a two. And I really got the kid from Marshall. I don't even know what position he plays, but I don't know if they're even in on Watts anymore or how, how much of a priority he is. But I believe he had some kind of connections there with maybe a high school teammate. But, you know, he's talking about a two-year player at a Big Ten school at Michigan State. So, you know, he was coached by a good coach and Tom Izzo. That was interesting. Um, 
but I'm not sure what to make of it. You know, Watts is not a guy who's like you're talking about. He, you know, his numbers don't really jump off the page this past year. His averages were actually down and take that for what it's worth in a COVID year. I mean, I'm not going to hold the 2020 year really against anybody, but this past year, Rocket Watts averaged 7.7 points, 2.7 assists, and 1.7 rebounds while shooting 33% from the field. So I think he's an okay player. Um, And again, it just came out today that uh, I forgot who reported that, but that Kentucky had reached out. That doesn't mean Kentucky's all in on Rocket Watts. It just, you know, they're like Jake Weingarten, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jake reported that. so he was interesting. Uh, John, just how, how do you view Rocket Watts? Besides having a cool name, we know that. He's got a cool name. Uh, and I would like to – if he did come to Kentucky, that would be fun to throw at Rocket and stories. But It would. I, I don't know. I don't really know enough about his game, I guess. But like I said, he was on my radar just because – well, Kentucky played them up in New York last year. Uh, but then also just from the whole Louisville aspect, that's kind of yeah. where I'd heard of him. But he's not a guy to me that – you change your whole expectations for the season, though. If he ends up being a guy on this team that you know you're counting a lot from, and and that's where I was coming from a minute ago when I was talking about fit, and I've talked about fit for months. It feels like to the point that I should be fit, but I'm not. But <laughs> so I don't know. Like, does it change the way you view Kentucky next season? I know Dick Vitale just posted a, his basketball thoughts of the day on Twitter and the opening was Kentucky and he comes out and he's like they're going to be back John Calipari's putting together a roster he mentioned Sheboy mentioned Grady I don't think we can say that yet because we don't know what the other pieces are which I'm I'm yeah. going to hold judgment until I know exactly who is all together like if they do get Rocket Watts if it ends up working out that way I want to see who they put with him I love the Grady edition just because it made sense because you had a proven guy who has done it consistently for four years. If you take a Rocket Watts, are you banking on him getting some of that top-end potential and upside that he had coming out of high school that maybe it just didn't work at Michigan State? Same thing you're getting with Sheboy, right? Like yeah. at West Virginia, like you, you're you taking him based off of what he you saw from freshman Sheboy and in high school. That's why I want to hold judgment on it. But, I mean, there were some more too, Derek. I mean, Friday night it comes out, I think Jeff Borzello reported that it was Bryce Hamilton from UNLV that Kentucky reached out to. Uh, a lot of elite schools have reached out to him. A big-time scorer, turned it over a ton, actually had more turnovers than assists his sophomore year, and I think he had seven more assists than turnovers this past season. Uh, but if he's one of those guys that can break people down and get to the basket, I think it makes sense. But I don't know what to make of all the people getting, like Kentucky reaching out to so many, it, it kind of tells me that they haven't, solidified something with one person. And I think it also kind of maybe shed some light on what Davion Mintz is thinking. They have reached out. So you mentioned um, Hamilton. That was his name, right, from UNLV? Yeah, Russ Hamilton and then Two Rocket Watts. Yeah, well, and then he also had uh, unconfirmed, obviously, because nothing ever came of it, rumors over the weekend that Adam Miller from Illinois was, was Kentucky-bound. Um, he he was someone that I was kind of intrigued with. He – I hadn't spent a whole lot of time thinking about Watts just because that happened today, but I spent some time over the weekend. I, I would kind of like Adam Miller, and again, nothing has really moved on this front, but Sean, you're talking about a kid who was a top 40 recruit out of high school, was just a freshman at Illinois this past year, played 25 minutes on a team that was a number one seed. So he, this was a kid who was playing a pretty big role on a good team, 
8.3 points per game, 2.8 boards, 0.8 assists, almost shot 40% from the field, and then from the uh, three-point line he shot 34%. I kind of would like that addition. I'm not sure that he, again, would be – when you're talking about when it's shedding line on what Mintz would do, doesn't – that one makes sense to me if Mintz isn't going to be here, right? I mean, because yeah. Miller's not going to be a point guard, so you're not really feeling that need. But you're talking about Grady as the two-option um, Allen, of course, will be competing for minutes. Miller is a young player who had a pretty good track record out of high school as being a pretty coveted recruit and then played a lot at Illinois. I, you know, he wasn't their best player by any means, but he was a solid for a freshman. I've seen a lot worse numbers from guys who ended up being a really good player. So that one is pretty intriguing to me. And that's the thing that I was getting at with Mintz, too, because they're not starting the year next year, Derek, with Nolan Hickman as their point guard. I just don't see that. I don't think Cal, even though now if Nolan Hickman takes over and is their best point guard by the time it gets to January, then boom, Cal's done it again, another freshman guard. But you can't go into the year taking your your chances on that, which tells me all these targets at the two makes me believe that Mintz isn't coming back. That's and, that's where I'm kind of and they're going to still take a point guard. Uh, out of all the guys that we just mentioned, I like Miller. I like Miller the best. I feel like he is believed to have been the guy that was going to be the, the merge as a star at Illinois next year. And he's a lefty. Yeah. And he, yeah, he's that's true. I noticed it. So I think Hamilton is too, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. From watching some tape. Is, is this like a thing that Cal's going for now? A lefty yeah. guard? No. Um, was it Tennessee? Like Tennessee had like six, seven guys on last year's roster that all shot left hand. They had a bunch yeah. of guys, more than more than you normally see on a college basketball team. But I don't know what to make of it. Obviously, Jay Lucas was in his thoughts Saturday morning on Twitter with, uh, I told you, and I know it was from the Matrix and stuff, but I looked at it and I'm like, is, is Jay trying to say that he prefers Dayquil over Nyquil? I don't know. <laughs> cause, but uh, Jay Lucas tweeting out things like that, that had something to do with basketball. I thought, um, yeah, the way that that was – you had that Miller stuff, and then you had Jay tweet that, I think on the same day, right, on, on Saturday. I yeah, think it was morning. early Saturday morning. So I kind of thought we were going to have something to talk about uh, over the weekend. But as it is, those are some guys. And then one other player I wanted to mention, Sean, nothing on the U.K. front uh, as far as I know to this point, but Mac McClung is a guy that I think didn't get attention from U.K., but I think from fans because he's from Gate City, Virginia – my understanding is uh, that part of Virginia is pretty close to Kentucky. Maybe down it there. It is. I can be there in 45 minutes from my house right here in Millsboro. Okay, so you probably uh, knew about Mac back when he was a high schooler. I went to watch Mac just oh, okay. just to watch him when uh, when the hoops mixtapes and everything with overtime started coming out about Mac McClung absolutely cramming on everybody. He played Lee County, which is the bordering county here against Millsboro. You got Millsboro, Kentucky. Cumberland Gap, Tennessee, and Lee County, Virginia, literally all right here in like a little triangle type thing. And I went up and watched incredible athlete. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I remember watching his highlight video. God, and unbelievable. That's all he has to send to the NBA. Don't even send his college tape. Send that with his college tape. But entertaining the draft, but yes. keeping open his option to transfer, it makes you wonder. He, he went to play with Chris Beard at Texas Tech. When you have a coaching change like that, this one makes sense for him going to the portal because he had a coaching change. Right. Does he follow Beard to Texas? 
I don't know because you still have interconference transfer rules, right? Like I don't that's another yeah, thing that how this up. works out. Um but I know Tennessee was an option the first time around before we went to Texas Tech. Makes you wonder what happens there. Like but man, Kentucky fans I think would uh Kentucky fans would be hopped about Mac McClung just based off of what he did. And he's obviously one of the best players in the portal, Derek. He is. I'm just going through his season this year. I mean, he, he had some games he put up. I, I remember I watched the uh, West Virginia game. Uh, that was back in – let me find it on here. I was back on uh, January the 25th, and he put up 30 points. That was a season high for him. I, I watched that game. It was very good. Shot the ball 21 times, but – is he the kind of guy, Sean, just hypothetically, if he did get involved or Kentucky did get involved and if Mac decided he wanted to come to UK, does he does he feel that need a point guard in your opinion or do they could he handle that? I think so. I think he could. fifteen point uh, five points, two point seven boards, two point one assists. I mean he's a scoring guard, that's for he sure. He is. Combo top you could play him off the ball, you could play him on the ball, but he is that big shot factor that I think would be a big deal. Now we don't have any connection. Like there's no connection between Kentucky and Mac McClung at the moment, but if he decides to play college basketball again for another year, somebody's getting a very good guard. Yeah. And you, you don't want it to be somebody on your schedule. I don't think you want it to be an Auburn. I think Auburn wasn't, weren't they mentioned with Tennessee the first time he transferred from Georgetown that they Auburn, were included in there? I think they recruit every transfer. So Yeah. <laughs> Probably so. I just got that kid from EKU here not too long ago. Uh, by the way, when we're talking about the SEC interconference, uh, obviously Powell, as we all know, went from Auburn to Tennessee. But today, uh, Xavier Pinson from yeah. Missouri transferred to LSU. So that's two that I know of. Maybe there have been more. But two for sure that have gone conference to conference. So I got to say those guys, which maybe, again, I, now that I say this, I think we might have already had this conversation on this podcast. I don't know if it – matters if it's a grad transfer because I think Pinson's a grad transfer right so yes it might still matter I don't know but just throwing it out there for people who hadn't seen that yet and you expect the transfer stuff to go away right pretty soon like I would expect with so many names in the portal so many factors obviously Justin Powell at Tennessee you know there's going to be some others transfer within conference to other schools by the way though before we move on to football, what do you think about Hubert Davis' contract in North Carolina? Do you see how much he's getting paid or how One little? Million, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, I get it. I mean, it's – I know Roy was on the cheaper end from what he actually probably should have been earning at North Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. But interesting, right, that a blue blood job like that's not paying that much money. By the way, Dick Vitale said that UCLA is his preseason number one next year. What do you think about that? I mean, how can you tell right now? Yeah, I don't. I mean, it sounds like they're going to get a lot of love, but if you're asking me, I'm going to guess they end up underperforming uh, that ranking. I just don't see any way that they're. I mean, if they get picked preseason number one, that's fine. They made a great run. 
you're also talking about a team that barely even made the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I just think it's kind of recency bias, but if they get Juzane back, they'll definitely be a sweetheart team to follow this year. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters, the more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. But let's transition to the football side of things, Derek. And let's just talk about how excited we were to, uh, possibly get to watch a practice tomorrow but that didn't happen so mark stoops saturday during his press conference conference with media openly says i think you all are going to be coming in to watch practice this week i think we're going to open that up for you and work it out and then today we get a text saying that that's not going to happen so sorry kentucky daily listeners you were about to get a really cool episode like post uk football practice with a bunch of notes and scrimmages and stuff like we could have been able to see a bunch of actions, what I'm trying to say. And now we don't get to do that, Derek, so we're still in the dark. I don't know what happened um, to have changed it. I'm, I'm sure Kentucky, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Sure, they had a good reason to uh, to not have it. But, yes, that was going to be I, – I, and, again, I talked about it a little bit in the mailbag episode Friday, how I felt like the university had kind of just missed some opportunities to – I guess to promote the spring, you know, to promote spring ball. Now this is the last week, not getting in Tuesday. It doesn't sound like that's going to be rescheduled for any other day. So first time since, well, last year, obviously with the pandemic, we didn't get to go to a spring practice, but uh, disappointed from that regard, but still Sean on Saturday, besides, besides the premature, I guess, thing from Stoop saying that we would be there. Um, still some other things I wanted to mention. He was asked about recruiting. I don't remember the context of recruiting, but of course this was the day after Wimsett uh, committed to Rutgers, but he said when all is said and done, he thinks this 22 class would be one of the best that they've had yeah. at UK. And that kind of leads me into how big of a week this could be. And it's these are the same guys we talked about on the mailbag episode, but uh, just to refresh in case you didn't listen to that one or haven't been on top of football recruiting, Friday you have Destin Wade and Keaton Wade, two brothers from Spring Hill, Tennessee, who will be announcing their decision is believe he has four schools. Well, they have four schools on their final list, Tennessee, Kentucky, Louisville, and Virginia. Most of the recruiting insiders seem to believe it's a Kentucky, Tennessee battle. Um, I spoke with one of our national riders today. Uh, and the thought with the Wade twins, at least the latest of what I've heard is I'm here in Tennessee is maybe not as confident as it has been, but at the same time, my understanding is neither staff really knows yet. That's just that's just what I've heard. It's from a pretty good source. Um, still a few days to figure all that out, but 
That's a battle Kentucky's right there forward. If we're not talking about the recruiting rankings, Destin Wade just got promoted to a four-star. or you know, He got a pretty big bump. So those are both four-star kids announcing. And then, of course, Saturday, Keontae Goodwin, who we've talked about a lot on here recently, he'll be announcing much more optimism from everybody. But that one's going to be Kentucky, whereas the Wade twins were kind of – it's kind of wait and see on those guys. But I wrote a story this morning, and um, Sean, if they get these, two, if they get all three of these guys, they're going to go up 21 spots. In the rankings, they'll be sitting at number twelve, and it's early. I mean, I, this is going to be a good class, like Stoop said. I don't think it's going to be a top fifteen class, but I, I think it's certainly trending towards top twenty-five. Well, you know, they certainly feel good about it, considering Mark Stoops came out Saturday and said what he said. You know, about foreshadowing, saying it's going to be one of their better classes and everything. And that he expects a good trend to continue on the offensive line or whatever. With yeah. good one announcing Saturday, and yeah, yeah, it could be could be a very very big week. For UK football, we still have to wait and see on basketball, but we should have a ton of football content to discuss this week as they try to transition into wrapping up the spring. I mean, it's not got a lot out of spring, honestly. Like it's been it's been quiet. We, like you said, we didn't get to watch a spring practice due to COVID. We didn't get to watch it last year, so we're kind of going into this thing too this off season, wondering exactly what this offense is going to look like. But we do know that Wondell Robinson has had a ton of praise. Yep. This year from a lot of different people on this roster. Uh, we'll have some NFL draft stuff pretty soon, too. So football is going to dominate a lot of it over in the coming weeks, and rightfully so, honestly. Yeah, it is. I heard a few other things um, over the weekend. I think this started to leak out a little bit, but it sounds like Joey Gatewood has really done a good job this spring, has uh, taken to the coaching very well. And I, I believe this – no one said this outright to me. I just believe – um, Liam Cohen might have ended up liking him a little bit more than might have been expected before because, I mean, you you would have thought pure fit, Joey might have fit into an Eddie Grand style offense a little bit better. At least that was my opinion on it. And now, you know, it sounds like he's done a very good job um, and apparently had a pretty good scrimmage on Saturday. And that's that's big, Sean. I don't know if I want to say he's, you know, I, I doubt you're going to get anybody to say it over at UK. We'll hear from Cohen tomorrow. I'm sure we'll get something on the record about Gatewood's scrimmage performance. But I just, um, I would think that's an encouraging sign, though, because I probably would have pegged, and I'm pretty sure I've said this on this show, that I probably would have had Bo Allen coming out of spring as, as the leader for that, and it sounds like maybe that's not the case. So once Will Levis gets involved, I still – I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Gatewood's had the advantage as he's been here, but, you know, Cohen likes Levis a lot. So we will have plenty of time to discuss the quarterback over the summer. But I heard a few other guys. Uh, you remember Tay-Tay Crooms was someone that Stoops yeah. mentioned uh, back on KSR a couple months ago before spring ball. I think, think it had either just began or was about to begin. I heard he had a pretty good day Saturday and some other guys as well. So I've not heard a ton out of the scrimmage, but those are the few things that I did hear. He was one of the guys who played well. Uh, Jaton McLean, Jaton McLean, excuse me. He he made sure to correct us on that. It's Jaton McLean. So I uh, heard he's done some good things. That, that's a pretty good battle, I would say. For I would I would even say backup running back. I think we would expect Cavassier Smoke to be the guy. Uh, but you know, with depth and the SEC at running back, you're going to need it. And I think McLean's a guy who has a pretty good chance to uh, crack that rotation and, and get some carries when the season begins. And and the one thing about Smoke though is he's missed some games. And it's his, has, his yeah. time at Kentucky with, you know, some some minor aches and some headaches and things like that. So you don't – you want to go three or four deep if you can. 
and Kentucky certainly sounds like running back rooms in good shape. Yeah. Uh, it is very encouraging to hear that about Joey Gatewood, though, to think that he's moving forward because we were kind of keep counting him as the oddball guy, honestly, yeah. because we didn't know where he fit in the offense. You and I both sitting here in December was like, yeah, Bo Allen's probably going to be the guy. And then here comes Will Levis. And then it's transitioned to Levis being handpicked by Cohen for us all thinking that that's the guy that Cohen wants. But that doesn't mean that Joey Gatewood and Bo Allen, these guys, don't fight, push him for the job. I mean, they have a leg up in this. Yeah. They got the spring. So, so when Terry Wilson won the job, we found out the Monday of game week against Central Michigan. Do you say we find out the quarterback job before that? That day, that as in that Monday, or do you think this is going to be a deal where we're going to show up to the stadium Saturday morning or whatever time the game is, and we won't know until they trot out there? How do you see Stoops playing this one? I think this is one that he needs to play earlier than instead of game day or game week. I think if fans want someone to emerge and be the guy, yeah. I think so. I mean, that's the tricky thing with Levis not being here, right? It's because you know they're not going to name anybody until he no. gets his chance. So. No. He's, they're they're not going to name anyone. And it won't be – I'm going to say two weeks out from the season opener, he'll name Levis or somebody the quarterback. I think that that's enough of a window there. Now, the only – I mean, sure, they have some film on Gatewood, but what did Joey Gatewood do in that game against Georgia that anybody would even look at film? I mean, it was handoff, 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 quarterback, keeper. I mean, it was Eddie Grant's offense. They weren't throwing it and slinging it all over the field. Hopefully, we didn't get to watch a practice now. Hopefully, we get to watch one in the fall. I'm going to say, yeah. I'm gonna I, I, I do feel like I don't feel great about fan day just because I don't know where we'll be at by then, but I do think we'll be at enough with vaccine and everything that we should be able to watch a practice or two in the fall. I hope so. Yeah, I would. I would be surprised if we didn't get that. And I hope, I, I'm going to say, I hope, you know, maybe they can do it the way they used to do in the old days, Sean, and have it at Kroger Field. Put yeah. everybody in the stadium who wants to be there spread out. I think there's more than enough room. <laughs> Put us up in the press box. Yeah, there's I mean, more We don't care room. where it's at. As yeah, long I mean, as we get to see it. Yeah, I, I hope fans get the chance to come out there, though. I mean, that's and, what I was trying to say on the episode the other day. It was like worst case that we would get, you know, the media people would get to go in. But I, I, I mean, I hope the fans get to because, you know, this is their team. They. They want to be able to see these guys, uh, and it's disappointing that, you know, that's just how it is, though. It's how it's been. Um, but, no, you're right about Gatewood. I mean, in that Georgia game, it, just the way the quarterback stuff was handled last year, you know, we, we talked about it a lot back then. It's just I still don't know really know what we're getting from them, or, or both for that matter. I mean, that's going to be the kind of the wild card thing about this year. I also wanted to add, uh, I believe Will Levis was actually in Lexington. Over the weekend, I believe he was there for the scrimmage. Obviously, you know, he didn't practice. He's not enrolled at UK, but he was there in person. Uh, I don't know what the rules would be in terms of him getting to be around the team. I don't know if he was allowed to go to a meeting or whatever, but him being in town, you know, he drove down from um, up from up in Pennsylvania and drove on down. So he will be here soon enough next month. He'll be enrolling, and obviously the coaches can't work with him in person, but he'll have his chance to try to – form some chemistry with the guys who are going to be on campus. And if they were to, you know, if Stoops were to announce it two weeks out, like you, like you say, I think that'd be great. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say he does the same thing he did with Terry. Whoever performs the best, I think in that last scrimmage before the season. Yeah. I think that's going to be the guy. Uh, Well, I mean, 
if you struggle all spring, then come out and have one great scrimmage. Or, sorry, all fall and then come out and have one great scrimmage, then maybe not. But I think whoever does perform well um, would have been the guy who's been doing that pretty consistent. So we'll see. That would be a fun thing to to follow. We'll have a lot of talk about that. But, uh, Shani, anything else you want to hit on today? All, all I know is one thing. This fan base is excited about football again. Oh, yeah. And if you had told me that in November – I probably would have been like you're you're full of it. There's no way, but they salvaged the end of that season, had a very good December and January, and then going into the spring, everything has been clicking the way it should. I think that they've done an excellent job winning the off season again. I think fans are definitely excited about it, Derek, and just the possibility of getting back to normal and having a larger amount of fans at Kroger Field, I think, has everybody excited as well. I sure hope so. I mean, I, there's just something about I mean, I, I don't know. My mind's eye, I guess I think about that Florida game back in 2019. Just uh, hard to get better than that. A picture per, and I know Kentucky lost. I mean, for fans, I'm sure it wasn't, wasn't the best because UK blew another lead to Florida, <laughs> which we've seen more than once. Uh, but this is a beautiful night for football. That stadium was packed. I firmly believe it had an impact on keeping some of those guys in that 2020 class. Uh, probably help because you had guys in future classes also who were there. So I hope we can get back to that. If it's not this year, um, I, I bet it'll be close. So I'll, I was with some people over the weekend actually who were season ticket holders and we're talking about how fired up they are for the football season. So it will be here before we know it. But Sean, this is uh, we'll see what Liam Cohen has to say tomorrow. I'll be curious to hear what he has to say about Gatewood, some of the other offensive guys. But as it is. Um, Wish we had more to talk about. I wish we got to go in there tomorrow because could tell a lot. Would have been good. <laughs> yeah, I would. Yeah. And and I think if we had, I, I was so I was obviously the quarterbacks. I wanted to see how they performed, but I was really, really wanting to look at the wide receivers too, and see I, who's kind of emerging man, there. I, I wanted to look at everything. I just yeah. want to see the best thing you can get out of those things, and if you get the chance. Uh, Always caution. I mean, even with fan day stuff, fans who get out there, they know. I mean, it's one day of practice, so you can't make any huge, um, you know, kind of proclamations off of one practice. But it is telling usually when you get to the team periods who's running with the ones, who's running with the twos. That's always what I find most beneficial, and that's probably the strangest thing to me about this whole thing, Sean. Is we're going to be leaving spring. UK's not going to send out a depth chart. I just, I have no clue what that first depth chart's going to look like come <laughs> come the fall. So. No. That'd be something else, and they might like that though. The coaches might like that coming well, out, not not really have an idea. And one more thing too, you hope that they get out of spring relatively healthy too. That's another thing that you hope that every time Mark oh, Stoops yeah. takes the podium to talk to us on a Saturday, I'm all the time thinking, okay, how does he? What is his mood? How does he start? Because we've been sitting there a couple of times when he's had to break news. Uh, so hopefully they get out of another week here with their their top guys healthy, everybody healthy, and then can move into the off season. But Derek, I, I think we've hit on everything today. I think we've hit on everything that there is to hit on. Uh, as always, if something breaks or happens, we'll do our best to get it out there to you. Uh, thank you all so much for continuing to listen. Wherever you listen to this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, be sure to subscribe, leave us a five-star rating and review. Feel free to DM us. Uh, send us mailbag questions to get ready for the mailbag episode this week. We are going to plan here over the next few weeks. There will be some random mailbags that will happen maybe Tuesdays is what I was thinking, somewhere through there. 
we'll mix in a few here and there, but I will tweet all those out as well. But you can always submit mailbag questions ahead of time. You don't have to wait for my tweet. You can always message me or Derek. Uh, but whatever happens, we'll be here on Kentucky Daily to get you through it and talk it up. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.